All right, so welcome back to Scout Tech Podcast. I'm Scout, and I'm here with Madam Gandhi, also known as Kieran. So say hi. Hi. So just as a first question for people who don't know who you are, what do you do? I am a drummer whose mission is to elevate and celebrate the female voice. <laughs> so can you explain, like, with it more specifically, like, like do you use synthesizers, like, do you use defam? Absolutely. These are great questions. I grew up in New York City playing the drums, and I went on to play the drums for Thievery Corporation and MIA. Mm -hmm. And three years ago, I ran the London Marathon, free bleeding on my period, as a symbolic act to combat a lot of the global menstrual stigma that women and people who bleed face. And when that story went viral, it really took me on this journey to be uh, to step in fully to my activist side and really own my voice and, and contribute as a thinker in sort of today's modern feminist movement. And because I had always been a musician, I wanted to merge my passion for activism with my passion for music. And so in the past three years, I really started investing in my own skill sets, be it learning how to do analog synthesis, um, using Ableton Live to produce music, even getting my vocals better, and, and then writing songs. And so right now, I would say I do identify as a producer, I identify as a singer, as a drummer, as an activist, definitely someone who loves using the Moog DFAM, who loves using the Moog Mother 32. And just about three hours ago, I bought myself a Moog grandmother, which I'm going to take home with me to L.A. Um, I put out a record in 2016 called Voices, and my track, The Future is Female, went uh, at number eight on the Spotify viral charts during the Women's March. And right now I'm in the studio working on my full-length record, which I'm really, really hoping um, to put out before the end of the year. So how does what you do like help others in our community and help others in this world? That's a good question. I think me embodying what it means to be brave and own my own voice um, inspires others to do the same. I think for each of us, bravery looks different. For me, bravery sometimes just means saying what's in my head out loud. But bravery can also mean feeling really tired, but still motivating myself to get out of bed and go for that run. Or bravery can mean telling someone who I really, really love that something's hurting my feelings, you know. Um, or bravery can feel like I'm I'm 10 years behind where I want to be on being able to sing or make music, but I'm still brave enough to at least start, you know, and take that first step. And I think each of us need role models. You know, we need to see somebody else doing it and succeeding. And so then we feel inspired that we can try something and, and take a risk and succeed. And so oftentimes I say my bravery is your bravery. Um, and I do this not only to inspire myself, but to inspire others who don't have that role model or that um, that example uh, it gives me a lot of joy to be the example for others. Mm -hmm. So what is about like the Moogfest audience that like really encourages what you do? That's a great question. You know, Moogfest, when I was younger, I thought Moog was really um, sciencey and like mathy and like nerd music. And I felt excluded from it. And I thought it was like really bro-y and like for white male people. And um, I didn't realize that one of the most early adopters of a Moog synthesizer was Wendy Carlos, who was a trans woman in the 1970s who really put Bob Moog's work on the map. And so the work that they're doing now is to honor that history and also honor all of the women and people of varying gender identities who use their products. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would say Moogfest represents two things. One, it represents a very gender inclusive space, mm -hmm. which is awesome for the work and the activism that I do. But Moogfest also represents this perfect challenge for me as a producer to really come correct to the stage. 
And I knew that this was going to be one of the first times where I would have proper music tech heads in the audience who would be so excited for the various um, technologies I was using on the stage, like the OWOW wiggle uh, MIDI controller I used on my voice or sensory percussion, which are the triggers I used on my drums or the Rolly Seaboard or the, uh, the Moog Mother 32 or Ableton Live or the Push, you know. And usually I don't use all those things in my setup because my audience is far more interested in the message than the music tech. But for me, Moogfest represented this ideal audience for the exact work that I do. And I worked, I would say, honestly, the past five months on preparing the set, and I think it went well. So kind of going on what you said about the message, what do you hope people like will take from your music? I want people to take two things. I think my message is one of personal liberation for any person, regardless of their gender identity. Um, but I also want people to see that I use both love and intelligence as the two strategies to make political and social change in this world. And I talk a lot about how I think we must value femininity. You know, I think we still say, don't be such a pussy or man up as if being masculine is better than being feminine. Mm -hmm. And that's not cool. I think that we have to value femininity. Men and women have to value femininity. And so I think that's one major thing I want people to take away from my music is like, wow, women and people with femme energy have so much power to heal the world. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of fighting that happens and competitiveness and, and ego driven behavior and sort of brute force aggression that I see rewarded in our political system and in the masculine that I don't think is good for society. Yeah. And so that's really this, this message of my work beyond just the message of personal liberation. I really believe that female leadership and sort of this feminine archetype for leadership is the very thing that will heal our world. Mm -hmm. I saw this once on the internet that a person I know, she put what femi like feminists like, are really and what they're not. Like mm. not men excluding mm. and that they really like would like to be with men yeah. and, like, equal in our world and yes. we just want everything right yes. and women to be loved and I was like well this is so true um so how did you really get into like synthesizers drum machines as like you are now I got into it when I realized that if you have the skill set to be able to make sounds that the human ear hasn't heard before that is such an empowering way to express yourself mm -hmm. and each individual person is so unique and so we have many ways of expressing ourselves and expressing our ideas and our very humanity. And I do that through my brain. You know, I love to talk about feminism and analyze gender equality. And I also do that through my drums. But I wanted to do that more also through my melodies and through the actual tones that I was making, which is why I was particularly drawn to electronic music. Um, if you look, I've worked with Thievery Corporation and MIA, whose electronics and production are so unique mm -hmm. compared to just like rock and roll music and, and stuff with more traditional um, instruments like a bass guitar or a bass or, or drums because I want to make sounds that people haven't heard before. I want mm -hmm. people to hear a record end to end and be like, that is a distinctly Madame Gandhi sound and you can't get yeah. that sound anywhere else. And so that's why I was really drawn to synthesis and to analog synthesis. And you know, in college, I was a math major mm -hmm. and mathematics is all about using equations um, to express what's going on in the real world. And my senior thesis was about looking at what's called Bessel equations, which are waves in two dimensions. And you use Bessel, Bessel functions to explain the vibrational patterns of a drum. Mm -hmm. And so I said, what if I can take that same mentality and same skill set and start applying it to analog synthesis and to, and to what Moog does? And I'm very much early in my journey, mm -hmm. but Moog is so encouraging. 
You know, they're so encouraging of that. I always tell them, I'm like, I, your products are so deep. The journey is so deep and I'm just scratching the surface, but you are so encouraging of me yeah. and my work. And, and that means a lot to me. And it makes me want to step into my own personal power and my own potential to make sounds the world has never heard before. Yeah. So what's your favorite um, song that you've made? So like what really you think has like the loudest, proudest message of all of your music? Well, that's a good question because there's two answers. The first question was, what's your favorite song? The second question is like, what's the loudest message? I think the loudest message by far is the future is female because I really did take time to write those lyrics and it was tough to finalize the lyrics because I wanted to say so much, but we just ended and I put it out. But I think to this day, my favorite song on the record is the first song I've ever written in my life, which is Yellow Sea. Mm -hmm. See, like I was listening to some music earlier and yours came on and I was like, I'm gonna take time to listen, and I really like agreed with like the featured female song. Like that was really good. And I was like, well, this is everything I agree with. That's really cool. I'm so happy that you resonate with it. Yeah. So we have a little time left. Do you care? Like, do you want to tell us about um, like how did you like really? Who listens to this podcast? Would you say it's other 13 year olds or people of all say, different well, ages? I know. I know. I know some 13 year olds listen to this. I think that maybe some older people would listen. Also to this. listen. Well, anyone who's listening, maybe I can share two pieces of personal advice and then we can wrap. How about that? Yeah, that's good. I think in my life, the first thing I'd love to share is this idea of failing forward. You know, too often with Instagram and with social media, all that gets captured is perfection and like things that are overly aestheticized. You know, everything is very perfect. perfect. It has to be perfect. perfect. But it's all fake perfection, isn't it? Because with all the joys in my life that I share, there's so much like, you know, trials and tribulations that goes with it. And what happens is it's tough for us to remember that because all we're seeing is other people's supposed perfection. Then we feel bad about ourselves. And I think the first message that I really want to share with the audience is to be brave enough to fail forward because people's memories are very, very quick moving. You know, Mm -hmm. I have made so many mistakes on a stage. Even last night uh, at the show, there were plenty of things that I already know have to improve. I mean, my final song is called Bad Habits. It literally been like it just cut out. I would cut out a minute and a half into the song because of a setting that I forgot to do in Ableton. You know, it's just ridiculous. But we have to be brave enough to fail forward. Mm -hmm. Had I not done that show, had I not been brave enough to try all these new things on a stage that I've never done before, then the next time it happens, you're never going to be perfectly correct, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, the message is really fail forward be brave enough to just get on the stage and do something super well and do some things badly so that you learn and you evolve you know because the things that you're good at people will walk away with and the things that you're bad at great now you have something fun to look forward to and improve for the next show so that's the first message be brave enough to fail forward and and really be brave enough to not worry about the comments or what people think because that means that those people weren't brave enough to put themselves out there you were and i'm i'm really really i really stand by that And then the second thing I would say is to really know your own intention with everything. And that's a tough thing to explain. But basically, if there's ever a weird energy that I have with someone or I feel like I hurt their feelings or they tell me they have a weird energy towards me or something bad happened, I really take a moment to just analyze my own intention. And I was like, was I trying to hurt that person? Did I do I feel jealous? Do I feel upset? Do I feel like I did try to do something that was not appropriate to them? I really try to analyze my own intention and I really try to also put myself in their shoes. And I also take a lot of space before I speak to that person mm-hmm. because things heal with time. Yeah. We have to be smart not to act on every single impulse to like word vomit to the other person. And 
I think when we take responsibility for our actions, other people really respect that. And they don't, they don't expect that. They expect you to like fight with them. Yeah. So in my time, in my work, what I've learned is anytime I'm working with somebody, anytime I do anything, I analyze my intention. And if the intention is good, it's very easy for me to not feel bad about something that may not have gone well. Mm-hmm. And it also makes it easy for me to empathize with others, learn from them, and heal the relationship. So I have like one more question. It's really good. So what would you give, what advice would you give to someone who's starting out in like the world, the world of synthesizers and just like accepting that like no one's perfect? I would advise to find some people who are really good at synthesizing and make them some food and beg them to teach you something. That's my advice. Anytime I've learned anything, I always say, you know, can this person hang out with me and teach me something? And moreover, anytime I've wanted to learn something from somebody else, instead of being like, what can I get from this person? The first question I ask is, what can I contribute to this person? How can I enrich their life? Because I know that they have the potential to enrich mine. But I want them to feel just as joyful to be there, such that we don't feel like we owe each other anything. That there's no favors being done. That they're so thrilled to be there as well. Because anytime that I've taught somebody else something and I felt like they owed me anything afterwards, the relationship breaks down. It's way cooler when two people get together and they're like, oh my God, I'm so excited that I get to teach you this because no one ever wants to know about this stuff. Or I'm so excited that we get to hang out and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's mutual. Mm -hmm. So always think when you're trying to learn something from somebody else, what can you contribute to their life to elevate them and make their stress less and make them more joyful? And can you ask them if they can maybe teach you something? Mm-hmm. So thank you for your time. It was amazing recording this with you. And for everyone who listens to this podcast, please think, go over to her Instagram and listen to, listen to her on Spotify or Apple Music or anything because her music was great. So thank you for being here today. And I'll see you in the next episode.